0: All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. Jim Paris here. Of course, we are live with you on Sunday nights, just checking all of our feeds. We are live now on uh, quite a few platforms. The audio goes out. And then, of course, the video feed uh, is now going out on, I think, 11 different platforms. So good to have everybody with us tonight. A great show lined up for you. And of course, uh, this is Labor Day weekend. And, you know, one of the things we struggle with with the show is do we want to go dark on any given weekend for for a holiday like Labor Day? And my inclination lately has just been no. I don't want to do that, number one, because we're just a a once-a-week show. That means we won't get together more than maybe, you know, if we miss a week or two here and there, we might only get together once or twice in a month. And I don't want to do that. Too much is happening right now with the election coming up. But I was thinking about it earlier tonight. Labor Day weekend, growing up, Uh, in Chicago, I always remembered the Jerry Lewis Labor Day telethon. You remember that it would come on about, I think it was about six o'clock at night. It would come on on Sunday night and then it would go for like, I don't know, 24 hours or something crazy like that. And man, that was a lot of fun. I remember my dad was a fireman, so he would participate in the collecting of money, uh, you know, where they stand out with the boot. Uh, to collect money my dad was a volunteer fireman so he did the uh, collections uh, for Jerry Lewis but it was just it was great entertainment all of the big names that came on there and that just disappeared and I was reading about it a little bit earlier today I believe the last Jerry Lewis telethon for MDA was in 2010 and of course uh, Jerry Lewis died uh I think it was three years ago he passed away in in Las Vegas. But uh, wow, years and years and years and years watching that on Labor Day weekend. I wonder if any of you have that uh, same memory as well. Uh, Tonight, a great show lined up for you. Uh, I'm a little choked up about it. (laughs) Actually, just my voice is a little dry with all this triathlon training that I've been doing. Uh, But I've got a, a super guest lined up tonight. So you may have heard the story of the so-called sweat lodge deaths that took place in Sedona, Arizona in 2009. Now, this was all under the uh, organization of James Arthur Ray, who is a uh, so-called motivational or self-help guru. He ended up being convicted uh, of charges for those three deaths. He ended up serving, I believe it was 20 months in prison. Uh, For I don't know exactly what the charge was, but it was, you know, obviously it wasn't murder one, but it was, um, you know, negligent homicide or something like that, as he was the organizer of this sweat lodge event. So I saw I think it was three or four years ago, I saw a special on CNN about James Arthur Ray. I had never really heard of him before that you may know of him from the documentary The Secret. Uh, He's also been on with Oprah, uh, I guess, a few times. Uh, But in any case, it's a fascinating story. Tonight, uh, in 26 minutes, we have Connie Joy here, and she's author of the book Tragedy in Sedona. And Connie was in his most uh, closest inner circle, uh, James Arthur Ray. And she quit... Uh, the organization. She quit going to the events and all that and uh, has a lot of insight as to what happened uh, to, you know, with James Arthur Ray back in the day in 2009. And also I want to ask her, what's this guy doing today? Because I understand he's been out of prison now for several years. I I went to his website and um, he, he seems remorseful for what happened. And it looks like he's kind of relaunched himself and so all of this uh just really fascinating there was also a podcast that you can get on your favorite podcast platform uh called Guru and it's all about James Arthur Ray and the uh, 2009 uh sweat lodge death. So that's that's tonight coming up in just a few minutes. And then we rebooked her we're super excited to have her back with us next week is Lee Sweel a uh, former Fox News legal analyst. She'll be here to talk about her book, Hunting Charles Manson. Super excited about that. Okay, so my voice is a little bit dry because I've been really training hard for the triathlon. And my wife will attest to this. This is not just me talking. Uh, so every time I get out on the bike, it's a 12-mile bike ride that I do. I'm going to be doing a sprint triathlon. So I'm training in all the actual distances. Um, I joined the local pool uh, here at the uh, Racket club. And uh, so the typical distance for a sprint triathlon, the swim distance is 500 meters. So now I'm up to the 500 meters. So I'm swimming the 500 meters. I'm doing the 12 mile bike rides and then I'm doing the what's the equivalent of a 5K run. So this is the typical uh, arrangement. Now, the one thing I still have to work on is swimming out in the open water which I've never really done that. Um, I, I really, I can't think of a time when I did that. I My grandparents had a cottage in Indiana, and we used to go out in the lake and swim a little bit, but not too far from shore, really. But uh, a lot of these triathlons here in Florida, you actually go out and you swim in the ocean. And the thing that freaks me out about it are the shark attacks. And just as I'm starting to gear up to train for this, there's starting to be sort of a, a wave of, of shark attacks. And so um, I guess they say your odds of being bitten by a shark are this are, I guess uh, the odds are, are worse than getting hit by lightning. So it's not likely to happen. And when you do get bit by a shark, it usually isn't fatal or they don't usually chop chop off a whole leg or an arm. They just kind of leave a nasty bite and you go get about 25 stitches. So hopefully, but in any case, um, you've got to go out into the ocean to do this swim. So I've got to, I'm going to be working with uh, probably getting some lessons on that because swimming in the ocean is not the same as swimming in a pool. its It's just not. But in any case, I'm working on all three, the running, the biking, and the swimming. So it's a lot of fun and uh, a little bit scary at the same time. All right, so tonight, uh, so we can be commercial-free, I want to tell you about our sponsor. And There's something really exciting that I launched this week, and several people have already jumped on this and taken advantage of it. So I've been telling you for about three months now about the Virtual Asset Retirement System. This is my whole system on how to make money working online. In fact, it is me sharing with you everything I do to make my full-time living Working online. Now, what I did was I made a, a really huge change this week to the program. What I'm offering is one of my videos that gives you kind of a an overview of the whole deal. Uh, we're calling it a test drive, and it's $17. You can try it out, and this will give you an overview. And so far this week, every person that's taken the test drive has also signed up for the full course. Which is really exciting because that confirms with me, uh, people love this, love this information. And this information isn't really available like this anywhere else. And the one thing that's different about me is I, I don't make my living by making money, teaching people how to do online business. That, that's, I, I've been in and out of that f- for a long time. Uh, you know, I, I've been out of it for five years And so I make my full-time living actually doing this. So my course is unique because I'm not just a guy who's teaching you how to do something that I have not done. I have done this since, oh boy, probably full-time online income since maybe 2007, uh, maybe a little bit before that. And so we did, we had the online training. Uh, We did it from 2008 up until I believe it was... Uh, maybe 2014 or something like that, uh, maybe 15. And then we we discontinued it. Uh, I kind of just decided, you know, time to take a break from that. It's been five years and now I'm back and we have a whole new course. It's brand new. Everything is updated. And I'm really loving teaching it. People are loving it. And you can check it out for 17 bucks. To see if it's for you or not, you can get, I mean, you can go there already. There's three free videos that you can watch, but then I plugged it in where you can actually get, I think it's like an hour and 20 minute video, which gives you a lot of great information. It's only 17 bucks to take the test drive. So check it out, varstraining.com. That's V like and Victor, A R S training.com. Tonight's sponsor, VARS training dot com okay so we were talking with some people at church today and and they were a lady was sharing with us uh, kind of her week and she had a really bad experience visiting her doctor's office and was treated really badly and we were talking about you know why why is this why is it that people in these public venues, whether they be doctor's offices, restaurants, bookstores, coffee shops, why is it that the workers are now nasty? Um, I mean, it, it it used to be a different environment. The workers have taken on this role of mask enforcement and, and the enforcer of the rules. So if you're walking the wrong direction, you're in trouble. If you, um, don't have the mask on, of course, you're in trouble. If you enter through the wrong door or exit through the wrong door, all of these things are going on. And these employees seem to just love uh, being the enforcer of the rules. And this is no fun for people to go out uh, because you walk up to the door and there's a big warning sign about you better get your mask on. And then you walk into these businesses and they've got arrows now going in all different directions and you can walk this way, but you can't walk this way. Uh, you can. Uh, so I I was at Panera today and I got a little bowl of soup and some bread and I asked for some butter. Uh, and they put the butter on the plate and I said, well, can I have a knife? And he, the guy puts a plastic knife on the plate. I said, well, can I have a real knife? He says, we're out for the day uh, of metal knives, I guess, because their silverware has to go through some special sterilization or something. This is at one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon. All of a sudden now there's no more silverware for the day. You have to use plastic wear. (laughs) I mean, this is kind of the insanity that's going on. So a lot of people think, well, look, if we go back up from like the 50% occupancy to 75% or a hundred percent, that everybody's going to come back. I don't think that's going to happen because really here's, here's honestly my view on it. I think that a lot of people in the service business, whether you work in a restaurant, whether you work in a bookstore, a coffee shop, even if you're, you know, working a front desk at a doctor's office, I think a lot of those people really just hate the general public. They do not like dealing with the general public. And this is now their opportunity to strike back, to be the one that says, hey, pal, put on your mask or, You can't walk in that direction, or you can't do this, or you can't do that. Uh, You can't sit at this table. So we went to breakfast this morning. We walk into our favorite breakfast place, and great luck, right? We walk up, and there's two tables sitting there totally empty uh, on the deck on this little ocean uh, place that we like to eat breakfast. So we, we walk up, and we see these two open tables, and there was a lady standing there, one of the workers, and we said, Hey, um, can we sit at one of these tables? And she said, well, they're open, but I'm not allowed to seat you. And uh, there's this yellow uh, wire going across where you enter uh, the restaurant. I'm like, this is kind of weird because normally it's pretty it's a pretty low key place. You just go in and, you know, if tables open. You just you can sit down or they'll just wave you in to sit down. So uh, she says, no, you can't. You can't just sit down. Only one this one person who's the manager can can seat you. So we stood there for, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes. Finally, the the manager lady comes out and she says, oh, would you like to sit in one of these tables? (laughs) And we were like. Yes, we've been standing here staring at those tables now for six or seven minutes. She goes, I'll go ahead and sit down. So it had to be her magic wave of the hand that allowed us to cross over this yellow wire that we unhooked. We got past the yellow wire then we could sit down on one of these tables. It's you know what? It's not a big deal on the one hand. But on the other hand, it's like flying. You know, flying used to be an experience when you would take a, a flight, you would dress up. You would look forward to it. It would be the flight itself was an experience. It, you would get a really nice meal. Uh, the service was incredible. The, the, the flight itself was an experience separate and aside from wherever you were going. That was part of the whole vacation experience flying on the plane. And now it's it's not <laughs> now it's like, oh, OK. We've got to cram in the plane. We've got to strip down naked almost at the security gate to get out, to get into the airport. Then we can only bring this and we can't bring that. And we can only bring this number of bags or we've got to pay extra money and then they weigh it. And then you get on the plane and you're crammed into these small seats and you get this tiny meal uh, that only looks large because you're comparing it to the size of houses that you can see from your window at 30,000 feet. You're like, oh, yeah, this looks like a big piece of Salisbury steak because it's almost as large as a house that I'm seeing out my window. I mean, other than that, it's this tiny meal. Um, and, and it's just, it's no fun anymore to go out. Uh, it's it's turned into a hassle, which is why uh, I was thinking of going to the movies. There's a new Russell Crowe movie out. And I said, well, maybe we'll go to the movies maybe maybe we'll start going back to the movies so i went to the website our uh, local movie theater just opened up 50% capacity or whatever it is and i started you know looking through there i wanted to find out if after i'm seated can i take my mask off like like at a restaurant no it, there's a big you know big uh, plastered announcement it says you must wear your mask the entire time that you are on our property and i was like okay Not doing that, Uh, the big screen TV is now uh, my movie theater. In fact, I'm thinking of cranking out my movie. Uh, I've got a really great projector that I used to travel with when I did a lot of seminars. And we have in the past pulled that out and projected onto our garage door and invited neighbors over and had like a little neighborhood movie party. And I'm thinking of doing one of those again because, you know, I'm not going to go to a movie theater and wear a mask for two hours I mean, how do you wear the mask when you're eating the popcorn? <laughs> I mean, do you like carve like a little hole in there to like just fit one kernel of popcorn through there? It's insanity. I, I you know, they've taken all the fun out of going out. And then I posted this uh up on my uh Facebook just to get people's reaction. Uh because we're we're getting close again to the holiday season. So uh I posted, will the masks be gone? by Christmas will the masks be gone by Christmas and uh, most people said no they don't think the masks will be gone by Christmas and that to me is really depressing I mean can you imagine this holiday season Uh, I don't even know I mean will they put up all of the Christmas lights and decorations at the retail stores are people going to want to celebrate Christmas with masks on I mean how does that work How do you how do you get into the whole Christmas season wearing masks? I I don't see that happening. And this could be one of the worst Christmases in decades as far as uh, the spending goes. If we're all going to be wearing masks and have this just dark, gloomy cloud over us, just not sure how that's going to work out. And uh, they're still talking about uh, uh, the governor of New York is saying they're not going to be allowing uh indoor dining until maybe june of next year this is just nuts i don't know how these businesses could possibly be around eight nine months from now that are not going to be allowed to have indoor dining and of course in new york it's not going to be uh (laughs) it's not going to work to do the street uh you know the sidewalk cafe In in the middle of winter, that that's not going to work. okay so the other big thing going on right now is, oh, by the way, interrupt myself to tell you this. The first presidential debate is on September 29th. Isn't that crazy? So that's coming up in three weeks. In three weeks, it'll be in Cleveland. And so things are really heating up. And so the big attack on Trump this week is that Trump supposedly said Uh, several months ago that those that died in world war one were suckers and losers. And what's interesting to note is that now Fox news is on board with this whole attack Trump deal. And so is drudge. And so, you know, it's, it's fascinating to see everyone is turning against Trump. Now, of course, Paul Ryan former Speaker of the House, he seems to be in a in a real strong position. I think he's now uh, he's just on the board of directors of Fox News, but he may have more power there. And I know that one of the Murdoch sons supposedly left and the other one uh, is still there and is a little bit more liberal. But it's interesting to see that Fox News that was once sort of reliably at least centrist, if not a little bit a leaning right, uh, They're going after Trump. And then Drudge is going after Trump. Um, You know, I, I obviously I wasn't there. I don't know what happened, whether these things were said. I highly doubt it simply because if you look at Trump's uh, track record over the last few years, if the guy is anything, he's for the military. If you look at the reforms that he's made. Uh, within the V.A. so that people can go see a local doctor instead of dealing with the horrible V.A. system, Uh, the the military raises, um, pulling troops out uh, of these uh, wars all over the world. Trump seems to be extremely pro military. I just can't envision him saying this Um, when you look at the man's entire record. Say what you want about him. But I, I just have a hard time believing this. And, and it seems like it's all timed because this comes out. And then the same morning that this the Atlantic reports this, there's already a, a commercial running with this information in it. Clearly, it's it's coordinated. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next uh, two or three weeks as we build up towards the first debate. Uh, of course, expectations are low for Joe Biden in a debate against Trump. So maybe that's good for him. Maybe because expectations are low, if he just shows up, then he's going to uh, you know, be able to consider it a success. But uh, That'll be fascinating to watch coming up September 29th in Cleveland. Okay, a couple of articles to tell you about that are now available on the blog. I wrote an article, and here's the title, How I Saved $29,000 by Switching to Christian Medical Sharing. I think I may have mentioned this on last week's show. But I'm mentioning it to you again because a lot of people are emailing me asking me where this article is. It is on my blog, and it is linked from the homepage of ChristianMoney.com. The reason why this might be timely for you, I saved $29,000 over the last eight years. You may want to just save money by switching from traditional health insurance to Christian Medical Sharing. Um, But a lot of people are in a situation now where they've lost medical coverage because of the economy, because they've lost their job or they've had to go from full-time to part-time and they've lost benefits and the Cobra plan is too expensive. So they're looking for alternatives. So that article is there for you. How I saved $29,000 over the last eight years by switching to Christian medical sharing. Then I I just posted this one, I think on Thursday, a new article about a really, uh, it's, it's an unusual business that most people have never really heard about. And it involves both YouTube and Amazon. It's totally free to do this. Anybody can do it. And I have been doing it. And so I put up a little article about this, about how you can start one of these businesses from home, totally part-time. There's no cost to do it. And anybody can do this. And it involves both YouTube and Amazon and that you won't you won't find a link for that at ChristianMoney dot com, but you will find that directly on the blog. If you go to blog.christianmoney.com, you will find that article. And I haven't done this in a long time, so I wanted to share with you um, some books that you might want to read. So I got into this this rhythm of, of of reading these books written by Navy SEALs. And if you want to read some fascinating books There's a ton of these books written by Navy SEALs, and uh, here are three that I can recommend to you, and I want to tell you a little bit about each of these. So the first one is called Can't Hurt Me, written by David Goggins, and uh, David Goggins has an incredible story of growing up, uh, being abused as a child, goes through all of that, ends up becoming a Navy SEAL, an incredible, inspiring book with a lot of great life lessons. Warning, (laughs) there's some profanity in it quite a bit, Uh, but it's I didn't consider it inappropriate because it really fit within the context of this man's life story. That book is called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And then uh, he's now a congressman from Texas. His name is Dan Crenshaw, former Navy SEAL. Um, This guy's story is so incredible in so many different ways. Of course, he's the congressman. You might recognize him that wears the eye patch over his right eye and his uh, experience of of being injured in battle and all of the things he's been through in his life and his life lessons that he is sharing. His book is called Fortitude, and I highly recommend that, by the way, uh, all these books tonight I'm recommending are Available on audible.com, which is how I tend to consume books is by audio while I'm exercising. I don't have as much time anymore to sit down and read. And being that I'm blind in one eye, it's easier for me uh, to do the audible version than to read. And then the last book um, in the middle of it right now, it's called Extreme Ownership, and it's written by two Navy SEALs, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. And this book is really more for people in management or in leadership. And it brings the lessons of being a Navy SEAL, the lessons of the battlefield and all that they learn as Navy SEALs. It brings that into the corporate culture. It's really well written. And what I like about it is each chapter has a story about a real battle that took place that these guys were in. Uh, typically in Iraq or Afghanistan, they'll share this battle story and then they will uh, juxtaposition that with a corporate story because they're corporate trainers now. So they go out and share these battle stories and the lessons of the battle stories and how those can be applied in the corporate environment, which I think is, uh, it's just incredible how they did this. And uh, those are the three books. So books to read can't hurt me. David Goggins, Fortitude uh, Representative Congressman Dan Crenshaw, and Extreme Ownership Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. What I think I'm going to do, too, this week is I'll probably go ahead and put links in the description of this video uh, for you so that you can have that as well for those of you following cryptocurrency of course you know that i'm big on bitcoin if you're watching on the video feed you can see the blow up of my book the 90 minute bitcoin quick start which has actually been going crazy on amazon it it went to number one in i think two different categories last week on amazon people are loving the book the reviews are coming in uh very well uh, at at the same time so a lot of reviews coming in Uh, which is great. Um, If you're following cryptocurrency, a little bit of a pullback this week. So Bitcoin was flirting with maybe 12,000 and now it's down to about 10,300. But here's the good news about that. I know a lot of people get frustrated with that volatility of the price movement. What I have found in tracking Bitcoin price, the price since 2012, so eight years I've been in it, um, the more volatile it is like this, the more it tends to go up. When I get scared about the price is when it's not moving around very much. But when you have this volatility, there's a lot of people buying and a lot of people selling. It just shows interest. It shows there's a lot of activity. A lot of people are are buying and selling, a lot of trading activity. And that tends to lead to higher prices. So don't let the volatility scare you away. In fact, it's probably one of the best signs that higher prices are to come. All right, we're going to take a one minute break. We'll refire the open. We'll be back with our special guest, Connie Joy, as we talk about the fascinating story of self help guru James Arthur Ray and the 2009 Sweat Lodge deaths. We'll be back in one minute. Stand by.